Hare Krishna. I am grateful, honored, and very happy to be with all of you, wherever you may be, on this holy day of the appearance of Lord Narasimha. Our beloved Guru Maharaj, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, when he came to the Western world and traveled throughout this planet, he was very concerned with the protection of the devotees. He understood that people in their in their seeking shelter of the Lord and engaging in service, were taking many risks. And Srila Prabhupada, we know that almost each and every one of the letters that he wrote, he signed, I hope this letter meets you in the best of health. He was very concerned with the physical, the emotional and the spiritual well-being of all the devotees. And after each RT, in some temples, six RTs and offerings a day, and after each RT, Srila Prabhupada would have us sing the prayers of Lord Narasimhadev. Namaste Narasimhaya. Especially for the protection of the devotees, for the protection of the Hare Krishna movement, ultimately for the protection of all living beings. That was a natural expression of his limitless compassion. I remember at times when Srila Prabhupada was, um, his health was not good and we really didn't know whether he would stay with us in this material world or not. Um, we would gather around his Vyasasana in temples all over the world and we would chant the prayers to Lord Narasimhadev out of our love and trying to reciprocate with his love. Lord Narasimhadev, he is especially incarnated in this way as a protector for the devotees. And on this particular time in history um, where we have lost devotees physically in this pandemic um, and also you know devotees emotionally maybe struggling being in quarantine or lockdown without so much association and devotees health could really be at risk um, it is 
the direction of Srila Prabhupada and our Acharyas to take shelter of Krishna and especially to invoke Krishna's mercy through his all merciful form of Lord Narasimha. Bhakti Vinod Thakur, he wrote that devotees pray to Lord Narasimhadev to kill the demons within ourselves, to remove the obstacles for pure devotional service. Now, how do we do that? Just this morning, I was listening to the recording of Srila Prabhupada, where he was speaking on the occasion of Lord Narasimha's appearance. And he cited that there are many different religious scriptures and many different interpretations of religious scriptures. And there are so many philosophers with so many views. How do we actually understand the path to true spiritual perfection? by following in the footsteps of great souls. In the Vedic literatures, there's especially a mention of 12 Mahajans, and they set an example to the standard of their lives, and by following in their footsteps and following in the footsteps of those who are following them as the servant of the servant, we could actually know for sure that we truly are on the path back home, back to God. Some severe haditoshan. On the path of bhakti, the only consideration that is of real importance in what we do and what we speak what we think is, is it pleasing to Krishna? Because bhakti is not a mechanical process. Bhakti is the path of grace. However learned we may be, however charismatic, influential, wealthy, Whatever our qualifications may or may, may not be, this material nature is so powerful that no one can overcome it. Adiyatmaka, adidaivaka, adibotika, the miseries caused by um, the, our body and mind, miseries caused by other living beings, miseries caused by material nature. And the power of lust, selfish desires, greed, envy, anger, arrogance, and illusion. These are very powerful. In fact, Krishna tells this maya, this illusory energy is 
is God's energy. No one can overcome it. But then Krishna tells that one who takes shelter of me can easily cross beyond it. So taking shelter of Krishna is about pleasing Krishna. And what pleases Krishna is described so elaborately, especially in the Bhagavad Gita and the Srimad Bhagavatam. In the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna explains himself what pleases him. Ultimately, Sarvadharman Purityasya, Mame Kamsharmanaja. When we seek shelter, Yatkaroshi Whatever we do, we do it as an offering for the pleasure of the Lord. In the Srimad Bhagavatam, there are many historical examples of great souls who showed by their life what are the characteristics, the qualities of a true devotee who's taking shelter of the Lord. Prahlad Maharaj is one of the great Mahajans. Most of what we know about the life of Prahlad and his incredible glories are when he was a child of only five years old. Later on, he became a great king, and there are histories of that. But most of the focus of the Srimad Bhagavatam and the other literatures of Prahlad especially focus at the time when he was just a child, because it was that time that he was tested. He was put into very provoking, difficult situations. In the Krishna book, Srila Prabhupada writes that the greatness of a person can be understood by how that devotee tolerates provoking situations. Prahlad Maharaj was glorified by Lord Narasimhadev. In fact, the whole story of Prahlad Maharaj in the Srimad Bhagavatam is told by Narada Muni, who happens to be his guru, a spiritual master who's so proud, who's so pleased with his disciple. Narada Muni told Yudhisthira Maharaj this story. Long, long after Prahlad Maharaj was living in this world, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu who is the most munificent, merciful, benevolent of all the avatars of the Lord. How much he appreciated Prahlad Maharaj. Lord Chaitanya is Krishna in the mood of Sri Radha, but he came in the mood of a devotee. In fact, Prahlad Maharaj and Srimad Bhagavatam predicted that the Lord, one of his names is Tri Yuga. Because in the age of Kali Yuga, 
Krishna appears in the role of a devotee. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, if anyone called him Krishna or God, he would hold his ears and say, no, no, I am the servant of the servant of the servant of the Lord. He wanted to teach by his own personal example. And on rare occasions to his most intimate associates, he reciprocated with their love by revealing his true eternal divine nature as Swayam Bhagavan, the original personality of God. But Lord Chaitanya, we know that he's Krishna. When he was living in Puri, he would go every day to the Totagopinath temple where Gadadhar Pandit was living. Gadadhar Pandit is the incarnation of Srimati Radharani, the Ladini Shakti, the very origin of all love. The two of them together would read Srimad Bhagavatam for hours every day. And when they would come to the story of Prahlad Maharaj and Lord Nursingadev, they would read it 100 times through before going to the next story. This is described by Vrindavan Das Thakur and Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. That's how Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was relishing the story of Prahlad. How Narada Muni was relishing speaking the glories of Prahlad. And there are two devotees in Lord Chaitanya's Leela that Lord Chaitanya declared were incarnations of Prahlad. They were especially imbibing the spirit of Prahlad. And that was Vasudev Dutt and Haridas Thakur. When Lord Chaitanya would say to Vasudev Dutt, you are the incarnation of Prahlad because you're praying for the well-being, for the liberation of all living beings, and you're willing to endure any difficulty in compassion for them. Lord Chaitanya would glorify him, cry with choked up voice, as if he had 1,000 mouths. And when Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was describing Haridas Tagore, how he was he was preaching the message of prema bhakti, pure love of God. And he was doing it even though he was faced with insults and persecution. At a certain time, Lord Chaitanya explained, he was arrested, he was imprisoned. They wanted to torture him and execute him. They beat him through 22 marketplaces insults, torture. And the whole while Haridas Thakur was just chanting the holy names of Krishna and praying for Krishna to forgive and give mercy and liberation to those who were hurting him. When Lord Chaitanya was explaining this, he said, I had to descend myself and place my own body over yours to keep you alive. Lord Chaitanya said about Haridas Thakur to all the assembled devotees that 
everything, all the wealth, all the people within an entire universe is not as valuable to me as one devotee like Haridas Thakur. For Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the entire universe is not as meaningful, is not as priceless as one single devotee who follows in the footsteps of Prahlad with compassion. When Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was on his South Indian tour, he went to a very holy place, um, Vishakapatnam, where there is um, Jiada Narasimha on a mountain which is called Singhacho. And when Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was there before the beautiful Murti of Lord Narasimha Day, he offered his obeisances and then he chanted the holy names of Sri Krishna and he danced in great happiness. And he recited a particular verse where he talks about how the Supreme Personality of Godhead, especially in this form of Lord Narasimhadev, is very merciful to those who seek shelter of him. He explained a lioness, a mother lion. She's very ferocious to anyone who tries to harm her little cub. But to her cub, she's so motherly, so gentle, so affectionate. And similarly, Hiranyakashipu, Lord Narsingadev, appeared in such a way that he was the very supreme personification of anger. But to Prahlad, he was completely gentle and merciful. Bhagavad Gita tells that Krishna reciprocates with how we with how we seek shelter of him, with how we surrender. Prahlad This was his quality. There's another place in South India that Lord Chaitanya visited. It's called Melkote. And for those of you who have been there, there's a, a small lake on the bottom of a hill. And on the top of the hill, one of the most important temples of South India, Yoga Narasimha. Prahlad Maharaj, he was, this is after Hiranyakashipu was liberated. Prahlad Maharaj was now the king of his whole dynasty. He was traveling and he came to that place and he was feeling guilty that because of me, my father had to be killed. Such a mind of a devotee. 
he was actually crying. And when he went on top of the hill, Lord Narasimhadev appeared to him and revealed to him that it's because of you that your father was liberated. Prahlad Maharaj, his humility, his quality of never being envious of anyone, but being everyone's well-wisher was what is glorified through the ages. And none of us can imitate that because he's a Mahajan. He's a Mahabhagavat. He's a completely liberated soul. But it is a path in which we make progress on, on Bhakti Marg by following his footsteps, by trying to emulate his character. In fact, it is said in Srimad Bhagavatam, anyone who hears this narration of Prahlad Maharaja's devotion and Lord Narasimhadev's reciprocation to that devotion will be liberated, will return to the spiritual world if we really hear it with attention and faith. And when the scriptures and the acharyas speak in this way about hearing, it doesn't mean just listening. It means trying to put our full attention and to seek shelter of the message through the way it inspires our lives. That temple, Yoga Narasimha in Melkote, was established by Prahlad Maharaj. And it's a place of pilgrimage even today. And when we go there, we remember how Prahlad Maharaj, although so glorious, had such a humble, forgiving, compassionate disposition. The story of the Srimad Bhagavatam that Narada Muni tells begins with um, Yudhisthira Maharaj inquiring from Narada Muni, how is it that Shishupal, who was so envious of Krishna, how is it that he appear to attain liberation. And Narada Muni was explaining how Krishna is equal to everyone. He gives everyone the chance to receive his mercy. But each of us in this life and by the influence of previous lives, we either properly utilize or we don't properly utilize our free will to approach the Lord with devotion. Hiranyakashipu
his brother Hiranyaksha was exploiting, terrorizing the worlds. And the Lord in the form of Varaha Dev um, liberated him. Hiranyakashipu, seeing his brother apparently killed, was so angry. He was furious. He wanted to seek revenge. He was a king. He ordered his followers to destroy anything that had a semblance of good. And then he himself, he went to the Mandara mountain to perform tapasya, austerities. He actually became a master at the mechanical techniques of yoga. But unfortunately, he did it for the wrong purpose. Yogi namapi sarvesha madgite nantaratma shwaravan bhajateyamam sumeyutamamadaha The very purpose of yoga is to purify the mind, to purify the senses, and ultimately to purify the heart to awaken the true nature of the soul. By controlling the mind and the senses, we overcome our selfishness, our egoism. And ultimately, Krishna says, when we awaken faith and love, that's the perfection of yoga. Hiranyakashipu, he understood that one could get tremendous material and supernatural powers through the yoga process. And he had such determination. And we see how sometimes materialistic people, by the power of their determination, they can achieve incredible things. No one in the world today can even near compare to Hiranyakashipu. He stood on the tips of his toes for a long duration of life without drinking even any water, even through all sorts of weather challenges, even when his body was being eaten by ants. He attained such powers by his yogic austerities and he was doing it to please Lord Brahma one of the greatest of the devatas. And ultimately, Lord Brahma came and sprinkled him with celestial water and gave his body tremendous power and told Hiranyakashipu, you have done this yogic um, process and you have done sacrifice for me. It is my duty to fulfill your desires. What blessing would you want? He asked that he not be killed by anyone created by Brahma. That means any created being in the entire universe. 
He would not be killed in day or night, inside or outside. He would not be killed in the water, in the land, or in the air. He would not be killed by any weapons. He asked for the benediction that no one created by Brahma, not even the demigods, could ever defeat him in battle. He asked for the benediction that he could control the entire universe, except for Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva. Everyone would be under his powers. He asked for the perfections of the yogic cities where he could do supernatural powers that are incredible and apparently impossible. Lord Brahma gave him all these benedictions and he became very proud. So totally arrogant. He went and he conquered everything, everywhere. It was his law that there be no religion except worshiping him. He was to be the God for everyone. But you know, by his powers, he could control the demigods. They would all, in fear, obey him. Even the great sages and rishis, Narada Muni said, he would have to bow down and offer respects to Hiranyakashipu. Hiranyakashipu arranged things in such a way that if you did impious, sinful things, you would get rewarded. And if you did pious things, you would be punished. Such control. We have seen throughout history, people who have tried to do the same things. But the powers of Hiranyakashipu were incredible. So everything was going his way. Hiranyakashipu had four children. The best of them, his name was Prahlad. At the time he was hardly five years old. He went to school. Of course, the school was very much programmed to train the children to be just like Hiranyakashipu wanted them to be. And little Prahlad, he came before his father, he was sitting on a royal throne, and his father looked at his son with so much affection. And he, he picked up Prahlad and put him on his lap, tears in his eyes and said, Prahlad, please tell me, what is the best of what you have learned in your school? And little Prahlad, he replied, Tatsaru sadasa 
He flattered his father by saying, Oh, best of demoniac people. Those who are too much on the bodily concept of life, those who forget their eternal souls and just think that there are these bodies and minds, they think that to satisfy the mind and senses through material pursuits is happiness. Such people, due to their uncontrolled mind and senses, they fall in a deep, dark well where there is no water. There's only suffering. My dear father, this is you. You should give all this mentality up and you should go to the forest like Brindaban and you should take shelter of the Supreme Lord. When Hiranyakashipu heard this, he was shocked. All he could do was laugh. And he called the teachers of the school, Sanda and Amarka, who were the sons of Sukracharya, who was a guru for the Devatas, I mean for the Daitas. And he said, My son, he's been corrupted by the enemy. You take him back to school and you protect him and teach him the proper knowledge. And they assured Hiranyakashipu that they would. When they brought little Prahlad, and picture it, he's just a five-year-old little child that's not even KG or kindergarten age. And Sanda and Amarka are very, very powerful, huge people, and scholars as well. They said to Pallad, where have you learned these things? These, this deviant idea And little Prahlad, he said that whatever you're teaching, what I see is it's all based around this is my friend and this is my enemy. How can I can exploit my friends and how can I conquer my enemies? I don't see in terms of friends and enemies. I see that every living being is a child of of Vishnu, of God. When they heard this, they became very, very disturbed. They picked up a stick. They threatened him. And they told him to return to the classes and give up this nonsense. And little Prahlad, he was so respectful to everyone. He appeared to be learning all the subjects just as the teachers wanted him to learn. And after some time, everyone was satisfied. And little Prahlad's mother, Kayadhu, she, she dressed him very nicely and put jewels on him. And along with Sandana Marka, presented Prahlad to Hiranyakashi. He would be pleased with them. Hiranyakashipu looked at little Prahlad 
Prahlad was offering his dandavat pranams, his prostrated obeisances to his father. He was always so loving, so respectful to everyone. That's just who he was. And when, when Hiranyakashipu saw Prahlad in such a humble mood toward his father, he picked him up and put him on his lap and embraced him and smelled his head. And his father was crying. And he said, please tell me, what is the best of all the knowledge that you have learned? And Guru Prahlad, so respectfully and so fearlessly, out of compassion, not to defeat his father, but to help his father, he spoke the truth. What a situation. Hiranyakashipu was a gigantic mountain of a person with so much power and so much cruelty. And little Prahlad was so gentle. He spoke, Sravanam kirtanam vishnu smaranam padasevanam archanam bandhanam dasyam satyam atmanivedanam my dear father, the best of knowledge is to follow the nine process of bhakti or devotional service by hearing about Vishnu, by chanting, chanting his names and his glories, by remembering him, by worshiping him, offering prayers to him, by becoming his servant, by becoming his friend, and my dear father, by surrendering everything to him. This is the path of true perfection. This is the highest knowledge. When Hiranyakashipu heard this, he was indignant. He hissed like an angry serpent, and he turned to Sanda and Amarka, his eyebrows curved with cruelty and said, you, Brahma Bandhu, you fallen souls, what have you done to my child? How have you corrupted him? How have you influenced him with the philosophy of the enemy? And Sanda and Amarka, they said, we did not teach him any of these things. We teach him whatever you have taught us to teach him. This is his nature, he just naturally knows these things. Nobody has taught him these things. Hiranyakashipu turned to Prahlad and said, where did you learn this from? Who has taught you? Guru Prahlad replied, Matirana Krishne Paratasvatova Vedopapidyeta Grihavratana my dear father, uh, that those who cannot control their mind and senses, those are under the misconception of their false egos, they cannot understand how to take shelter of Krishna, of Vishnu. They cannot understand either by their own powers, 
by the influence of others, or by the combination of both. Rather, such people who are addicted to their selfish desires, they they continue to chew that which has already been chewed. Prahlad Maharaj was explaining that the happiness and the distress of this world, the pleasure and the pain, the honor and the dishonor, the success and the victories, these things are always coming and going. Krishna tells in Gita, Matra Sparashas Tukhontaya, we should learn to tolerate them for a higher purpose. But all these things that we're striving to achieve, sensual pleasures, fame, victory over others, it's through the various forms of life that the soul has achieved over countless years and births, we've had it again and again and again. It's chewing that which has already been chewed. It cannot satisfy the heart. No amount of material prosperity, no amount of material fame or success, no amount of, of, of sex or any types of pleasures can ever satisfy the needs of the soul. Srila Prabhupada explains it in this way, that the soul is seeking Krishna. The soul is seeking to taste the love of Krishna, the love of God. That's our nature. And nothing can compensate that. Nothing could replace that. It's chewing that which has already been chewed. Naisham Alam. Allah told his father that the true goal of life is loving devotional service to Krishna. But unfortunately, when a blind man leads another blind man, they both fall into the ditch and suffer. Hiranyakashipu asked, where have you learned this from? Prahlad Maharaj explained in these three verses where you cannot learn it from. And then he explained to Hiranyakashipu a lesson that Hiranyakashipu could not tolerate. <laughs> My dear father, unless one bathes one's body by covering it with the dust of the feet of the great devotees of the Lord who have no material desires, no one can achieve the true happiness of loving devotion and shelter of the Supreme. Hiranyakashipu, he considered Vishnu his enemy. He considered anyone who was connected to Vishnu, his enemy that needed to be tortured, punished, 
or killed. And here is Prahlad sitting on his lap, telling him that he should bathe his body with the dust at the feet of the devotees of the Lord, which means to engage in the humble service of the servants of the Lord. Hiranyakashipu was so furious, he picked up Prahlad and threw him onto the ground. When Hiranyakashipu would raise his eyebrows, even the most powerful controllers of the world would become shattered with fear. He stared at Prahlad with such anger, with hatred, and told his associates, his soldiers, kill him. He must be killed. If a medicinal herb is healthy to the body, even though that medicinal herb does not have any relationship in family with the body, we take care of it very nicely. But if there's a limb of the body that's diseased, that's poisoned, then you amputate it, you cut it off to save the rest of this body. The son of mine, Prahlad, although he's born from me, because he has been influenced by my enemy, he must be killed by all means. Torture him and kill him. And under the direction of Hiranyakashipu, they took little Prahlad. And Srimad Bhagavatam tells some of the things that they did to this child. They tried to pierce him with swords and tridents. They put him in blazing fire. They took him to a mountain and threw him off the mountain into the sea and, and put a mountain on top of him. They fed him poison. They tried to starve him. They put him on a, under the feet of stampeding elephants. In every way, Prahlad Maharaj never even prayed to Krishna for protection. He just offered his life. My dear Lord, I'm yours. Whatever you want to do. Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he personifies Prahlad Maharaj's um, mood in one beautiful song. Maro virako bijo ichatohar nityadasa prati huwa adhikar. My dear Krishna, Nanda Kumar, if you want, you can protect me. If you want, you can kill me. I'm your servant. You can do anything you want with me. I'm yours. Prahlad Maharaj, he was fearless. 
Bajahure manasri nanda nandana abhayat sharanara bindare. One who takes shelter of Srinandanandana becomes fearless. Prahlad Maharaj, not only was he fearless, but he had no resentment. He felt no negativity toward anyone. He just, Krishna, I'm yours. And because in his innocence, he was seeking shelter of Krishna, remembering Krishna with such love, with such gratitude, in every situation, he was miraculously protected. They were trying in so many cruel and creative ways to torture and kill him. But they could not. Hiranyakashipu, seeing this, was very disturbed. In fact, he became so morose, he entered into a state of great depression. He was thinking that I cannot control him. If I cannot control him, he is my enemy and I will be destroyed by him. Why couldn't Hiranyakashipu see that Prahlad Maharaj was totally kind, always his well-wisher? He wanted no harm to his father. But the delusion of the false ego. It is said that the, that the entire world is a mirror of one's own mind. When we have this ego, when we have this desire to be the proprietor, to be the controller, to be the enjoyer, then we see the dualities of friends and enemies and the whole world becomes like a mirror of our own consciousness. We superimpose our own mentality on other people. Positive people could see positive opportunities everywhere. Negative people they naturally see negativity everywhere. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taught, if you want to go back to the spiritual world, two things are very important. Chant the names of the Lord and do not criticize others. This idea of fault finding is so corrupting to one's own mind and heart. Prahlad was only seeing good everywhere, the potential of good. Even where he was seeing evil and bad, he was seeing a positive opportunity to help. But Hiranyakashipu, even his best well-wisher, he considered an enemy. If I cannot control him, I will be destroyed by him. This was his mind. At that point, Sandana Marka saw 
Hiranyakashipu sitting on his throne with his head down in total despondency and said, Hiranyakashipu, why are you taking this so seriously? He's only a child of five years old. He'll grow out of this. Just let us bring him back to school and we'll help him. So they took him back to school. And little Prahlad, he went through the classes. He appeared to be learning. He was so respectful. And Sandra and Marco were very happy. But one day they went home to perform some duties and told the children that they should play. And all the children gathered around Prahlad because he was a natural leader. He wasn't a leader like Hiranyakashipu by power and strength and political manipulation. He was just a leader by his kindness, by his compassion, by his self-control, by his, by his love. And little Prahlad, when they asked him to explain what he was thinking and why he was the way he is. Prahlad gave beautiful teachings. Komara achadepuragya dharman bhagavatamiya dulabham manasanchamatara He began by saying, my dear friends, my classmates, the time to begin the path of self-realization is as early as possible. When you're a little child, this is the best time to cultivate your spiritual connection with Krishna, with God. Because we don't know how old we actually are. Srila Prabhupada explains this wonderful verse in a way that's very relevant to all of us, that we do not know how long we will live we may be old in the sense that we're close to death. So every moment is so important, so precious. You know, at certain times when there's dangers, we become more aware of our vulnerability. And these times are, are actually wonderful opportunities to reevaluate what is my real purpose of, of life? What is really meaningful? Who am I? Death could come at any moment. If I am the eternal soul, a part of God, I should be sincerely, deeply organizing whatever I speak and do in my life in such a way that I can make progress toward Self-realization. Little Prahlad Maharaj explained to his classmates that this is the time. They were, Prahlad were just children, let us play. He explained the science of Bhagavad Dharma, the science of the nature of the eternal soul, the science of the temptations 
and the vulnerabilities of materialistic consciousness. And he explained the path by which real happiness can be achieved. And they believed him. They all became so faithful to Prahlad. They became devotees of the Lord. And when the teachers came back, thinking that the children were just playing, they saw that the whole class was transformed to be like Prahlad. The teachers were furious and afraid what would happen to them. They dragged Prahlad Maharaj back to Hiranyakashipu and explained the whole situation to Hiranyakashipu. He looked at Prahlad with such hate, with such envy, with such violent intentions. He said, Prahlad, today I will personally send you to Yamaraj. I will kill you. Where do you get this power where you think that you are better than me? How are you under the illusion that you are not under my control? By what power do you disobey my order? He was looking at Prahlad in such a way that nobody in the world could possibly withstand that angry frown. But Prahlad, totally peaceful, with love for his father, he said, my dear father, whatever power I have and whatever power you have, and whatever power anybody has, it all comes from the same place, from the Supreme Lord, who's the source of everything, who's everywhere, whose energies are the cause of everything that exists. Whatever power we have to think, to speak, to act, whatever powers of material nature, it's all coming from the same origin of Vishnu, of God. When Hiranyakashipu heard that, he considered Prahlad's intention to help his father, he considered it the worst ultimate insult. Hiranyakashipu was trembling. His lips were quivering. He was sitting on his throne. He drew a massive sword. And he said, Prahlad, you speak about this Vishnu, about this God being everywhere. Where is he? Show me where he is. Is he in this pillar? And little Prahlad, with great compassion, he said, my dear father, he's everywhere. Hiranyakashipu stood up and said, well, let us see how he will save you. I will kill you. He, he charged toward Prahlad. But on the way, 
with his mighty fist, he smashed the pillar. And suddenly, there was a sound coming from the pillar, a shrilling sound that has never been heard before. Suddenly, the whole palace was shaking. Hiranyakashipu, his soldiers were around him. They were bewildered. What is this sound? Where is it coming from? They were looking everywhere. And then, from the pillars, the supreme absolute truth, the cause of all causes, Krishna, Vishnu, appeared in the most enormous, unbelievably incredible form of Narasimha. He was half man and half lion. He was roaring. Hiranyakashipu looked at him. He never saw anything like this. Hiranyakashipu, with his sword, he had a club, he was armed with weapons. He was in such an illusion. No one has ever defeated me in battle. I will kill him. And Hiranyakashipu charged at Lord Nagasinghadev as an insignificant moth flies into a blazing fire. It was an incredible battle. It is described in Srimad Bhagavatam that Lord Narasimhadev was playing with Hiranyakashipu like Garuda would play with a snake or like a cat with a little mouse. He would catch him and then he would let him go. And when Hiranyakashipu was released, he was thinking in his mind that just see, he cannot hold me. I am more powerful than him. His false ego gave him such delusion. He could not see the reality. Actually, if Hiranyakashipu would have just, my dear Lord, you have now appeared to me in this form that is invincible. I'm yours. The Lord would have accepted him. In the Ramayan, there's a beautiful story that Lord Sri Ramchandra, he said, even Ravana, he has stole Sita. He has done such cruelty to so many people. If even he comes to me today and says, I am yours. I seek shelter of you. I will give him all protection. I will give him myself forever. Yiranyakashipu was given the most golden opportunity. But because of his envy, his ego, he wanted to kill the Lord. And again, he attacked him. And ultimately, Lord Narasimhadev, knowing the tragic tortures that he put little Prahlad through, 
and all the various pain he caused so many people. Narasimhadev picked up Hiranyakashipu and placed him on his lap. He went to the doorway to honor Lord Brahma's benediction. It was twilight, neither day or night. It was neither inside or outside. It was in the door. It was not on the land or in the sky or in the water. It was on the lap of the Lord. Lord Nursingadeva was neither a human nor an animal nor anyone created by Brahma. And without a weapon, but with his own nails, he liberated Hiranyakashi. And after ending Hiranyakashipu's life, he threw him to the ground. Lord Narasimhadev was so angry. He was angry at the offenses toward his devotee. Srila Prabhupada gives an analogy that in a river there's a little fish, even a tiny fish, is swimming upstream and downstream and across stream freely. And then there's the biggest animal in the world, the elephant. Male elephant with his big tusks, huge. We have seen in the Himalayas these gigantic elephants and if and if there's a car, they'll just turn the car over and crush it with their feet. And if anybody's in it, they'll be finished. But when that elephant goes in the fast stream of the river, he's washed away. So a little fish has not even a fraction of the physical strength of an elephant. Why a fish is free in the water and an elephant cannot? Srila Prabhupada explains because the little fish has learned to take shelter of the river, but the elephant has not. So little Prahlad, he didn't practice any mystical powers. He was just a little child. He didn't show any athletic abilities, but Hiranyakashipu, he did not take shelter of the Lord. And ultimately, in this material world, by the power of time, everyone is defeated by the Lord, except those who take shelter. The great devatas came to offer their prayers to Lord Narasimhadev, who was growling with anger. They could not pacify him. And ultimately, Lord Brahma said to little Prahlad, who was standing by his side, that please go before Lord Narasimhadev and make him peaceful. And little Prahlad bowed down to this enormous form of Godhead. And when Lord Narasimhadev, Narahadi, saw his devotee, little Prahlad, 
who had such devotion, such humility, who was everyone's well-wisher. The Lord placed his palm on Prahlad's head. And just by touching Prahlad, Prahlad became infused with ecstatic love. And Lord Narasimhadev became completely peaceful. This is after Narasimhadev growling, practically annihilated the armies of Hiranyakashipu, who were trying to destroy him. But little Prabhad made him peaceful. Narasimhadev smiled. And he spoke. He spoke such glories of his love for Prahlad. Prahlad offered wonderful prayers. In his prayers, he's expressing such humility, such devotion. This type of humility, forgiveness, respect to all beings, Prahlad personified that. He prayed to the Lord that I'm, I'm born in a family of the most demonic, materialistic people, so naturally I'm like that. But by the mercy of my guru, Narada Muni, I have learned to take shelter of you. I am his servant. Who else could have saved me? There's a beautiful explanation that Prahlad gave to his classmates because they asked, where did you learn this from? You say that you learned this from your guru Narada, but how did you ever meet him? And Prahlad explained that when his father, Hiranyakashipu, was at Mandara, the valley of the great mountain, performing his yogic sacrifices, at that time, Indra and the Devatas, they captured Kayadu, Hiranyakashipu's wife, who was pregnant with Prahlad in her womb. Narada Muni came and said, why are you taking this poor woman away? And they said, because the seed of Hiranyakashipu was in her womb. When, it is, when that child is born, we must destroy him. And Narada Muni said, this child is a Mahabhagavat, a great devotee. You have nothing to fear. And the devatas, they had such faith in the words of Narada Muni, they accepted. And Narada Muni took Kayadu to his own ashram in the forest and gave her shelter and spoke Bhagavad Dharma, transcendental knowledge. And interesting, this is in the Srimad Bhagavatam, Kayadu prayed to Narada Muni Please protect my child. And Narada Muni 
assured her that the child would be protected. To protect the word of Narada Muni, Narasimha Dev appeared to protect. To fulfill the desire of Prahlad's mother, Lord Narasimha Dev protected Prahlad. And also because Prahlad told his father that my Lord is everywhere. He's even in the pillar. Narasimhadeva appeared from a pillar just to protect the word of his devotee. That is the reciprocation of love. This is the most essential culmination of all transcendental knowledge. The love of a devotee for his beloved Lord and the love of the beloved Lord for the devotee. This is the ultimate truth that all other truths culminate, the ecstatic loving reciprocation between the Lord and the devotee, the personal exchange. This is bhakti. Prahlad Maharaj offered his wonderful prayers. After hearing transcendental knowledge from Narada Muni, he told Narasimha Dev, that who else is my, who else can I serve my beloved Guru Maharaj? And through his Guru Maharaj, he was serving all living beings. Lord Narasimha Dev, he offered Prahlad any benediction. Prahlad Maharaj, he said, if I ask anything from you, then I'm not your devotee, then I'm just doing business with you. I only want that there be no material desires, no egoism or selfishness to the very core of my heart, because then pure love, pure devotion can shine through me. When a devotee asks for no material desires, it's because he wants nothing to obstruct his humble, selfless love from shining. Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in his beautiful Shikshastakam, he revealed the heart of Prahlad and all the great Mahajans and the aspiration of every true devotee. I do not want wealth. I do not want the pleasures of the opposite sex or sex itself. I do not want followers or fame. I do not want to be known as a great scholar. I do not want supernatural powers. I do not even want liberation from suffering. I only want to serve you with love 
and with devotion. In any situation, wherever I may be, whoever I'm with, in whatever birth I may take, let me always remember you and serve you with love and devotion. That was the mood of Prahlad. Then Prahlad asked for one thing. He said that my father, my father, he has inflicted such atrocities on so many people. He has polluted nature in so many ways. I don't know what his, what his future will be. If you want to give me a benediction, please give him liberation. This is Prahlad. The person who hated him, tortured him, tried to destroy him in every way. Prahlad's his well-wisher. Please give him liberation. Matter sing a day very pleasingly, he said, Prahlad, I already gave him liberation. In fact, for a devotee who takes shelter of me, sincerely, for one who becomes pure in their devotion, 21 generations of, of their family will be given liberation. Prahlad Maharaj prayed that some yogis, some saintly people, they want to be away from everybody. They want to go to the forest to be free of all distractions. But as for me, I want to be wherever there's fallen people so I could help them. People who are searching for happiness in this material existence. And because of that, they have to endure so much suffering, birth, old, disease, birth, old age, disease, and death. Let me be with them. Let me be in the cities, in the towns, in the villages, wherever there's people who are trying to enjoy material life and the subsequent sufferings. Let me be there for them, to try to enlighten them. I don't want liberation. I just want to serve you in this way. That was the nature of Prabhat's love. Lord Narasimhadev told Prabhat that you don't want anything from me, but I will tell you what I want from you. I want you to become the king. You accept the palace. You have a family. You sit on the throne. You rule with all of the various facilities. But don't do it with egoism. Don't do it with selfishness. Do it in the spirit of compassion and service. And always remember me. And always chant my names. Srila Prabhupada explains, as Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taught, 
गृहे थाको बने थाको सदा हरि बोले थाको सुखे दुखे भूलो नाको बरने हरि नाम करो रे this is Mahaprabhu's message. Whether one is a grihasta, with a family, with an occupation, whatever it may be, or whether one is a sannyasi or a sadhu living in the forest, these are details. If one is chanting God's names, remembering the Lord, and engaging in whatever facilities we have, with whatever duties we're performing, if we're doing it in a spirit of service to the Lord, that's the perfection of life. It's that spirit of devotion that brings us above all happiness and distress of this world because we taste Param Drisvani Vartate, the higher experience of devotion, of Krishna's mercy. On Lord Narsingha Dave's instruction, Prahlad accepted. He accepted what was perhaps the biggest austerity of his life, to become a king, to live in a palace. He had no desires. And he ruled for a long time. Lord Brahma himself, as well as Sukracharya and all the great saints and sages, they coronated Prahlad. But before that happened, Lord Narsingadev told Prahlad Maharaj that you should perform the last rites for your father to offer him the respect and the dignity of a son for a child and help him on his spiritual path. Prahlad Maharaj very carefully performed the rituals of the last rites for his father to elevate him, even though he was already elevated. And then he took the role of a grihasta with children, with wife, with duties. And he performed all these duties in the same spirit as he was when he was a child to serve to please the Lord as a caretaker. He saw every one of his citizens as Krishna's children and dealt with them in such a way that they could all be led toward the highest happiness. Narada Muni, his guru, found so much joy in glorifying his disciple Prabhupada he told you to steer Maharaj and he told everyone that anyone who hears this narration with a faithful heart and emulates Prahlad Maharaja's mode of devotion will go back to the spiritual world. In fact, wherever there is an assembly of devotees who are glorifying the Lord and his devotees, it is natural that Prahlad Maharaj will be described.
when Balad Maharaj was king, he went back to Vishaka, to the place which is today called Vishakapatnam. He went back there. That's where Hiranyakashipu and his people threw him off a mountain and tried to crush him. And Prahlad Maharaj installed a self-manifesting deity of Varaha Narsinga there. Prahlad Maharaj, in his love for Lord Narsinga Dev, he established temples that are still today as a testimony of the love of the Lord for the devotee and the love for the devotee for the Lord. This beautiful narration from the seventh canto of Srimad Bhagavatam is Sukadev Goswami's mercy. He's taking us on a journey to teach us what are the qualities that devotees should aspire for. Prahlad Maharaj, being a humble servant of the servant of the servant, is all he wanted. Through the Srimad Bhagavatam, Sukadeva Goswami leads us to the 10th cant, where the source of all incarnations, where the Supreme Absolute Godhead in his fullest feature, which includes all other incarnations, appears as Krishna. And it's so beautiful. Krishna is a little child. He's a little baby. He's still in water. He's appearing to be afraid when there's lightning. He runs to his mother just to attract our hearts. Little baby Krishna, when he was just days old, he liberated the monstrous Putana. All the powers of Narasimha Dev, of Varaha Dev, of Parasuram, of Ramchandra, all the powers of all the incarnations of God are in this little baby Gopal who's playing and inviting us to play with him. This is the gift of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This is the gift Srila Prabhupada, who in the mood of Prahlad, risked everything just to show all fallen souls compassion. The Prabhupada left Vrindavan externally, but he carried Vrindavan in his heart to the whole world and invited all of us to enter into the true mood of Vrindavan by chanting Krishna's holy names and pleasing, pleasing Krishna, pleasing Lord Chaitanya by sharing this knowledge and this gift of bhakti with others. So this is a very unprecedented time. And on this very special day of Lord Narasimha's appearance, we can pray. We can pray for the 
for the spiritual, emotional, and physical well-being of all the devotee community and for all living beings throughout the world. This is a day when special blessings are bestowed upon those who seek shelter and pray for our own well-being and the well-being of others. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna. Thank you so very much, Maharaj. Um, on behalf of the four centers who hosted tonight's program, ISKCON of New York City, Brooklyn, Radha Govinda Mandir, the Bhakti Center, Manhattan, ISKCON of Central New Jersey, Plainfield, and the temple whose channel we are on right now, ISKCON of New Jersey, uh, Tobacco. I want to thank you uh, for making the time and giving us such a wonderful, deep, and inspiring talk so that we can carry in our hearts and um, really appreciated how you emphasized hearing with full attention, not just listening superficially and uh, taking shelter of the Lord. Uh, so we were trying to do that and it was really, really wonderful. Um, thank you very much. <laughs>